Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. This is the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West and Elizabeth Heineman. Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you joined us today. Welcome to another episode of the Marked Podcast. We are so glad that you guys are back with us. Hello, everyone. Um, we are excited because a lot of times if you, I'm sure that y'all can kind of tell this a lot of times when we're doing interviews, they're like over Skype Mm -hmm. or like a phone call and stuff like that. But today's guest is here with us in the studio. So fun. So Catherine Parks, we are so glad to have you on the Mark podcast. It's so fun. I've already had a good time talking with y'all off the air. So I'm excited about this conversation. I know we should have hit record like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Y'all, I don't know if y'all would have been interested in what we were talking about, but we thought it was fun. So, um, anyway, would you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and just kind of about this new project that you've just new book project you've just finished and just kind of a little bit about you. Yeah. So I live in the Nashville area with my husband and we've been married almost 14 years and we have two kids. Our daughter is 11 and our son is eight. And um, I have been a stay at home mom slash nanny slash baby food marketer slash writer (laughs) um, for uh, 11 years since our daughter was born. Fun fact, I met Elizabeth 11 years ago when she took my position at Vanderbilt University. So So we spent two days together, like as Catherine taught me everything about the job. (laughs) Yes. And here we are. Who knew? Who knew? Um, Yeah. So that's kind of our day-to-day life is, you know, um, I've become a soccer mom and all the fun things that come with having kids at that yeah. age. And um, and we're involved in a church south of Nashville in Franklin. And, um, yeah, that's that's a bit about us. Awesome. I love it. And um, the new book that you just wrote is called Empowered, and mm-hmm. that's where we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Um, but tell us just kind of like a little bit about your background, like what you some other projects you've written, kind of mm-hmm. other things that interest you, and um, just kind of some things that yeah. maybe led up to where where you are today. Yeah, so uh, several years ago, my mom and I actually published a book with B&H, um, the same publisher that's done Empowered, and uh, it was called A Christ-Centered Wedding, and um, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I worked for several years on um, another book called Real, and it's about repentance and confession and the way that it impacts our relationship with the Lord and with each other. Um, so mm-hmm. that released last fall, and then I have Empowered and um, uh, Strong coming out in June, which is the boys follow up to empowered and, um, kind of the background there. I grew up reading a lot of biographies of Christians and uh, a few years ago I was homeschooling my daughter and, um, we were reading like a biography of Amy Carmichael at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking there are so many people that I want my kids to know about, but there's so little time to really introduce them and, um, and to take the time to read some of these lengthier biographies. And so I thought, you know, what if I could, um, 
compile a, a book that had an introduction to several of these people and their stories, but also trying to make a real connection to the mm-hmm. reader's day-to-day life. Because um, I know y'all both mentioned you read biographies. And it, mm-hmm. to me, it just seemed like these were amazing people, but I had a really hard time relating to them. Yeah. yeah. And I had a hard time thinking like, this is what this is what a Christian is supposed to be, but I can never live up to that. Right. Mm. And so my goal and my prayer in this is that, you know, you're telling these stories, but also saying like the same God who empowered Corey Ten Boom to forgive really difficult people mm-hmm. can empower you, the reader, right where you are to forgive your annoying brother or right. the kid at school who is just making your life miserable and yeah. um, trying to point to God as the hero, but also make that connection to everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because like we were talking about before we hit record is that <laughs> Mary Margaret and I were really cool as kids and like to read a bunch of historical biographies. Oh, yeah. And I remember reading about some of these people like Lottie Moon mm-hmm. and Corey Tim Boone, like you said, and just thinking, well, that's great. But mm-hmm. how would I as like just somebody living in sub- the suburbs of Nashville, Tennessee, live this out? Like, I don't know how to do that, especially like as a kid, too. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that angle that you're taking at that. So how did you choose these 11? So there are 11 women in the book. How did you choose those 11? Um, Well, that was kind of – it was difficult to know, like, do you cover people that readers are going to be familiar with already or Mm -hmm. do you introduce them to totally new people? And I kind of wanted to do a mix. And um, instantly I knew I wanted to do at least Corey Ten Boom because Mm -hmm. The Hiding Place is probably my favorite book of all time. And, I mean, it's so revolutionary. And – I, I ended up doing research for the book, and I needed to order a copy so I could mark it all up. Mm-hmm. But when it came in the mail, I had accidentally ordered the junior reader's edition of oh. the book. And so I thought, well, I'll just give it to my daughter. So I handed mm-hmm. it to her, and she read it in two days and said it was her favorite book. I mean, it really – it's her story to, to share, but it changed her life. Yeah. And and it was so fun for me to be able to share yeah. that and us to be able to uh-huh. relate and say, oh, the fleas and, you know, yes. all of these things. <laughs> but um, the way that a book, like, can do that in mm-hmm. your life and become this shared experience is really neat. And so I know I wanted to do Corey, but then as I read, read The Hiding Place again, I thought, Betsy, it's really Betsy's story in yeah. so many ways. And, um, and so it was really fun to write a chapter on her as well. And um, but some of the women I didn't know about until mm-hmm. I started doing the research for the book and asking friends and, um, you know, uh, my friend Christiana Wheelay recommended like Charlotte Fortin Grimke, who I had never heard of yeah. before. And her story and her journals ended up being um, part of, you know, one of my favorite parts of the whole process. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, cool. it was neat to kind of gather information from different sources and, and put this together. And who, just so that you can kind of help clarify for the listeners, like, yeah. who did you write this book for? Yeah. Or like kind of yeah. audience in mind? Mm-hmm. I mean, very specifically for my 11-year-old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the audience is kind of age range 8 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I have a friend who's going through it with some high school seniors and yeah. using these chapters as a way to springboard into, mm-hmm. like, reading some of the the longer biographies right. and doing more of a Bible study related to some of the passages that are highlighted. But, but you know, my daughter is in fifth grade, and that's they're kind of at this age where they are reading more biographies. They're mm-hmm. getting more into historical fiction or into um, historical accounts. My son is eight, and he loves the I Survived books. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it'll take like a – historical incidents like he's Mm -hmm. reading one about hurricane katrina and um 
and, but it puts like a fictional character in the middle of that experience. Okay. Gotcha. And so I think there's this um, this desire that kids have to read some mm-hmm. of these things, you know, and not just nerdy little kids like right. you <laughs> or me, yeah. but uh, but all kids yeah. seem to really, you know, it's just the power of story yeah. and connecting mm-hmm. with people. And so um, so I think there's a desire for that. And um, and so I just wanted to make it as accessible as possible. I love yeah. that. And I think, too, sometimes things that, like, are aimed younger have been really enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, I, I, any of you that are listening today would enjoy reading this yes. book and learning about these women. And honestly, I think it would be a call for you to then do a deeper dive mm-hmm. into right. some of their lives, the ones that interest you. But, yeah. you know, but I think there, um, there's something really significant about learning from women that have gone before us mm-hmm. and, and ones who God has used in a significant way that, like, we also, too, were at the point where like they're not like most of these women are not alive anymore right like they're a few of them a few uh, just, of them are just Johnny Eric Johnny. Okay. yes okay. I was like she was the one that was stuck yeah. in my mind I was like I know that okay. they're all they're yeah. not all um they haven't all passed away but um but to just to go like and, the, and there's something really safe too about people who've already passed away because like mm-hmm. we kind of know the breadth of right. what has happened in their lives and we can and, see some of the impact yeah. that maybe they didn't have in their lifetime but like mm-hmm. we can see a little bit of the extra impact that's exactly where oh, i was sorry you. no no no. that was like, you said it very clearly like what i was trying to say so thank you elizabeth you know but just that idea of of learning from them and even like i was with a group of college students on sunday and we were talking about discipleship and i just mm-hmm. said who are you being discipled by that you've never met mm-hmm. you know yeah. who who have who are you learning from that you've never met and i think that women like this um the ones that are in empowered are ones that we can learn from there mm-hmm. like i have several friends that you know would very clearly say that elizabeth elliott has mm-hmm. been one of the main disciplers of their right. lives, you know, somebody that they've never met and never will and all of that. And so um, I'll just, I think that for, for a lot of you, um, even if you don't have a younger girl in your home or just, you know, immediately in your life could really glean from these stories yeah. and then go, Oh, I'd love to know more about Fanny Crosby, who was a mm-hmm. hymn writer. Mm-hmm. And like, as soon as I saw her name, I was like, yes, like I remember. And I grew up like, I mean, let's nerd out for just a second. <laughs> grew up in a church where like we had kids choir and like, and I remember either in third or fourth grade, Great. We had to, if we wanted to get our own hymnal, which I mean, <laughs> oh, who wow. doesn't want okay. their own hymnal right. with your name embossed on the front in gold, <laughs> uh-huh. you had to learn a certain number of hymns yeah. and we had to oh, learn about some of the hymn writers. And so like, I remember reading and learning about Fanny mm-hmm. Crosby and I remember like standing over to the side of my choir teacher, like singing my little <laughs> hymns that I'd memorized so that I, I still have that hymnal somewhere. What color is it? It's, it's like a turquoise teal. Like okay, it was, that's yeah. what everybody got, but okay. you know, good old Baptist I don't hymnal. have that copy. Yeah. I have like the white one and then the red one. Yep. Mine's yeah. like this. It's a bright like turquoise color <laughs> yeah yeah a little gold mary margaret down oh. at the bottom so. mine's not engraved did i didn't even know that was a thing oh yeah just like you can engrave a bible yeah like, good <laughs> times anyway now <laughs> now that we've talked about that <laughs> um you know but i think that there's a ton that we can learn that direction yes. but and i'm um, excited to read it i started um i started reading it and at first i was just like oh i'll give this like away to somebody i know and then after i started reading it i was like no i'm gonna need to finish this and probably like underline some things <laughs> yes. and, yeah yeah. I'm I'm excited to finish it. Yeah. How how can we, you know, on that kind of same train of thought, like how can we as women help empower the girls in our lives to be strong in a way that honors God like we so like see clearly in the lives of these women? Yeah. You know, I think this is a challenge for um, particularly this generation because they are experiencing uh, a new level of open doors and freedom 
as young women that haven't necessarily been available mm-hmm. in a lot of ways in the past. But they're also, um, I think, being given a lot of pressure to to live up to expectations that mm-hmm. the culture is putting on them that yeah. are really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, the idea of girl power or, um, you know, girls run the world or... The future is female. Yes, yeah, the future is female. <laughs> yeah. Like it's some of these things where... You you think I want my daughter to know that she has value and mm-hmm. um, that she can do so many things that right. you know I didn't even think about doing necessarily as mm-hmm. a kid and and that there are so many opportunities. But when we you know she's in fifth grade and there's already a lot of division between boys and girls at that mm-hmm. age. They are not big fans of each other. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think so many of the messages that we're giving are first of all telling them like you have the power within yourself to do mm-hmm. all of these amazing things. And also you need to do it over the men in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just so contrary to what we see in yeah. scripture that we were created to help each other right. and um, to work together. And also that it's strength and weakness, you know, mm-hmm. that, and, and I think that's the power of reading these stories and what you were talking about, like some of them died in obscurity. Like yeah. they, they were not famous right. <laughs> during their lifetimes. And, Yet we look at them now as examples of consistent, faithful living. And what girls are seeing, you know, I've talked before, like kids are seeing the YouTube um, Mm -hmm. uh, profession. Like they, their dream is to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't even really know what that means. (laughs) But, you know, we see that and then we see like the world of influencers and Mm -hmm. all of these things. And that's kind of the culture that our girls are growing up in. Oh, yeah. And how do we give them a vision of something higher um, and outside of themselves? And it's not power for the sake of power, but right. it's if you have power, mm-hmm. it's so that you can leverage it for the sake of others and raise others up and serve others and um, and ultimately glorify the Lord in the way that you live. Yeah. But what we look at that and say like, oh, well, that means you have to write 8,000 hymns like a Fanny mm-hmm. Crosby or you have to rescue 800 Jewish people, you know, during the Holocaust, mm-hmm. like the Tim Boom family. But most of these people were just faithfully obeying the Lord day after day, yeah. right. living with difficult people who are hard to get along with mm-hmm. and doing household chores and, you know, some of the very non-glamorous things. And so right. I think it's important that we teach our girls like faithful living means living in harmony with the people in your home or, you know, putting someone before yourself at school Mm -hmm. or looking for ways to serve your neighbor. It's not, I mean, maybe it's curing cancer, but (laughs) it's going to start with being faithful in the little things. Yeah. And even that we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to empower us to do even those things. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think I love in the introduction you talk about, it's a supernatural power that Mm -hmm. you are empowered with. Even for the everyday, like getting along with your siblings, yes, part of that is living out that supernatural power. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And Catherine, even like you said that the, the these women were not ones who sought to be somebody; mm-hmm. they just sought to be faithful to the God that they loved. Mm-hmm. And and I think that piece of it speaks so so much volume, like to my like to my life, and right. like and even like I had a conversation with a friend earlier today about like some influencer kind of stuff and all of this that sometimes I just look at and I go. I don't know what to do with all this, yeah, you know, yeah. but yet I'm the one scrolling Instagram and, yeah. <laughs> you know, all of this stuff, like t- seeing what everybody else is doing, but like they're, 
it's really easy for us to look at influencers online and mm-hmm. see what looks like big things that they're mm-hmm. doing, like for God, for them, like some for themselves, like all of those kind of things, and then make us feel insignificant yeah. when God is saying, like, I've placed you in a right. specific place. Like I've put you here for a purpose. Like, let me use you right where you are. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for us to lose sight of that. And I think that's why hearing and remembering these stories of faithful people is so crucial for our faith going forward. And I think that's even as a kid, some of what I really enjoyed reading about these women Mm -hmm. would just that like how God used them like to shape and even like going to even to like American biographies. Like I remember reading about Betsy Ross and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, like who just women who just did what they like, who stood up for what they believed in, who Mm -hmm. were faithful to do the thing Mm -hmm. right in front of them. And so I just, I like, if if you can't tell, I really love (laughs) like talking about this because I think this whole idea of empowerment is like, gone way out of control yeah and so this is such a good solid perspective on what it looks like to empower um our like where we are in our mm-hmm. relationship with the lord but also yeah. for us to be examples of that to the next generation is really yeah. important yeah i wonder about that too with like the influencer thing will my daughter's generation follow in those footsteps right. or will they see like the problems with it yeah. and kind of turn in a different direction mm-hmm. you know i think about that a lot with a lot of social media for kids and Um, But I do think, I mean, I, everything that you're talking about, like that's a constant tension Mm -hmm. in my heart and in my life. And um, I was talking about Charlotte Fortin Grimke, but in her journal as a teenager, she, um, she grew up, she was African-American, lived in Massachusetts and Mm -hmm. um, just struggled with, in the tension of um, being the daughter of abolitionists, the granddaughter Mm -hmm. of a famous abolitionist Mm -hmm. and wanting to right the wrongs and the injustice that she saw around her, but also struggling with the selfishness of wanting to make a name for herself. And so she's very honest in her journal about like selfish ambition Uh and wanting to use her life for the Lord and the tension there. And I'm like, I mean, this is, her story is very different than mine, but that is just a constant thing that, you know, and even having conversations with my own daughter and we are just so quick to say like, you don't have to do anything big. You don't yeah. have to. And she's like, but what if I want to? And right. I'm like, oh, I don't want to squelch that either. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want you to know that it it that is about mm-hmm. daily faithfulness. But if God calls you to something like that, it has to start now. You know, mm-hmm. it has to start with um, the small things so that we can be faithful when he does put us in a situation where, where there is a bigger thing. But I think sometimes in our culture, we get that backwards too. Like, what are the small things and what are the big things? Right. Yeah. Is the big thing being on a stage in front of thousands of mm-hmm. people or is the big thing for me, the big thing is walking across the street and actually talking to my new neighbor because right. I'm too selfish to do that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just being aware, like, that's more difficult for me sometimes than mm-hmm. than doing something that's very public. Yeah. yeah. And to, and Elizabeth and I have talked about this and I don't know if it's ever, if we've ever hit this on a podcast episode, but just like, because of, because we work at Lifeway, people, you know, mm-hmm. we're a publishing house. Like Elizabeth especially is an, an editor. And so people ask mm-hmm. questions about books and being published all the time. Right. And so, I um, mean, there are usually great questions that people ask, but mm-hmm. a lot of, I've had women and we've talked about this, like look at me and say, Hey, you know, I believe, you know, God's called me to write or and some will say, I feel like God's called me to be published. And like, I'll ask the question, like, well, what have you written? And they're like, well, like I'm waiting for somebody to like, mm-hmm. basically I'm kind of putting things on hold right. until the big thing happens mm-hmm. later on down the road. Mm-hmm. And some, and I think the thing that the Lord has reminded me to encourage other women with is just to say, well, be faithful to write. Yeah. Like even now, like just to, to be in the practice of writing mm-hmm. and to be in that discipline and like, and then see how the Lord uses yeah, that. Because right. if he's called you to write, then you like, 
by and you by need, goodness, to you need to be right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, but not like with necessarily like one thing in mind or one mm-hmm. goal in mind, but just to be faithful in those things. And so, as yeah. you just to ask a totally like off the wall kind of question, like, you know, you have, you've just, um, released empowered, you've got strong coming out, um, uh, this summer, like what, um, for you, like, that's a pretty quick, like mm-hmm. runway in between those two books. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, you know, um, I know like we were like, Oh my gosh, like she has another one like, <laughs> coming right out. And so yeah. like, how have you, like, as you, as writing has become a discipline for you, kind of what does that look like for your life? Or like, how do you carve out time to write and to do yeah. some of these things that you've been called to do? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am not, I, gosh, my husband is such a disciplined person. He's the kind, like the alarm goes off and he sits up immediately uh-huh. and I'm the like snooze five times. Yeah. And um, so I wish I could, say like I've got this great discipline and this great time frame but it's more um there's a deadline looming and I have to yeah put everything in my life on hold and I don't necessarily have the most healthy um rhythms <laughs> that's kind of how so, I would do it too same. So, yeah yep. yeah so I mean <clears throat> it gets done right but um you know I think with this project especially it was the writing was one thing but most of the work was actually reading yeah right. which I mean that's not a bad job, right? Yes. I got right. to read like 20 biographies last uh-huh. year, which was such a joy. Um, and and after a while, they kind of start morphing into each other and you can't separate people yeah. and you can't remember stories. But um, but honestly, I mean, I think for me, it was so much reading these things and having the Lord impact my life. And mm-hmm. then it was easy to write out of that because I yeah. thought, you know, this is a lesson that I need to know from this person's life, right. I think. And this is what I want my kids to know. And mm-hmm. and having kids in my house made a lot of that easier. A lot of these people's stories have just become conversational in our home. And so, you know, my son was having a hard time at school with a situation and um, I I wrote about Jackie Robinson in Strong mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and one of the things I didn't know about Jackie was that when he was standing up to persecution in his first couple of years in the MLB mm-hmm. he was um he he talked about how it was his faith in God who carried him through that time and that he would spend almost every night on his knees in prayer just praying for the strength to mm. withstand the next day's persecution wow. and to stay silent in the face of people who were hurling insults at him mm-hmm. or, you know, hurling balls at his face. And, yeah. um, but what an example, like the same God who helped him mm-hmm. to to do what was right and to be strong in the face of persecution can mm-hmm. help my son with the kid who's not treating him very nicely at home. Yeah. And so as these stories became just kind of conversational in our home, it was easy to kind of have the writing flow out of that. Yeah. Um, and and that was such a joy, too, to be able to mm-hmm. put it into action and see how the kids related to it right away. That's awesome. I love that. I do, too. In Empowered, were any of the women that you wrote about or an aspect of their lives, did anything surprise you? And mm. what? Did anything surprise me? Um, I think... I think some of what surprised me was the sorrow that I felt over Mm -hmm. the lack of knowledge that we have about so many women in history. Um, You know, I think even in the founding of America, you have uh, I, I remember hearing like John Adams when things started happening and, you know, the the founding fathers are starting having these meetings and he would write back and forth with his wife and mm-hmm. he he started advising her that they should both keep copies of all of their letters oh, because wow. they might be important one yeah. day. And like, first of all, just to have the self-awareness to be like, 
I might be kind of a big deal one right. day. Like people <laughs> might want to know yeah. about my life. Um, but we have so many things like that, so many mm-hmm. historical records from certain men specifically, but there's just so little available about women and particularly writing about Phyllis Wheatley, the African-American poet who had been a slave and um, had her poems published and then died in obscurity. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know what the end of her life was like. um, There's just a little bit of like heartbreak in that for me to know there are so many women that I would love to know so much about Mm -hmm. and we just don't have that. And um, you know, ultimately that's okay mm-hmm. because, you know, it's the one true story that really matters, but I do think individual stories matter too. And, um, and so it made me long for more resources and, and more research to be done on women in history and particularly women of faith. Yeah. I love that. Well, we love the subtitle for empowered and, um, just for y'all, it's how God shaped 11 women's lives and can shape yours too which is pretty similar to what we talk about every week on the Mm -hmm. podcast. And we want to celebrate how God has shaped or marked women and men around the world. And so we want to ask you, our final question is, what is something that God has used to mark or shape your life? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a Christian home and uh, still just have a really great relationship with my parents. And and I would say particularly, I mean, my relationship is great with both of them, but... um, my dad, particularly in, in reading about a lot of these women um, and men, I've been struck by his example of just like quiet, humble service and mm-hmm. faithfulness. He's been a bivocational pastor for over 20 years and um, pastors a small congregation and is, you know, pretty relatively obscure mm-hmm. with, you know, he's not wanting some big platform yeah. or um, he's a writer, but he's not trying to get published. You right. know, he's a journalist. And and um, his example, I mean, for years when they, they started the church, he would be the first one there to set out the chairs and, you know, just like quiet things that nobody mm-hmm. saw. And I thought about him a lot when I was writing these books and just um, no book will probably ever be written about him. Yeah. But I know that his faithfulness was an example to me and has been an example to so many people. And um, and I love that my kids are getting to see, like, that's one of the first things that they say about their papa is that he's yeah. a servant. Mm. And I, I want them to aspire to that more than, you know, to being any kind of celebrity, but yeah. um, just to to be faithful in the things that God has called them to. Mm-hmm. So good. I know. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today and just for being a part of this conversation and just and contributing so much to mm-hmm. the larger conversation about how we can help um, empower women and girls to to be obedient to the Lord and just right. to be faithful to his calling on their lives. And um, because I think that ultimately, you know, if you listen to any episode of the podcast mm-hmm. that like Elizabeth said, that's a lot of what we end up talking about yeah. is how God is using every single one of us wherever we are for his glory. And um, it's easy to start looking to the right and to the left and like to see what everybody else is doing and miss what God has for us right in front of us. And so I hope that today's episode for those of you listening has just been an encouragement and a challenge to you to stay focused um, Mm -hmm. right where God has planted you until he plucks you and pulls you elsewhere, (laughs) um, you know, as he sometimes does. And sometimes he leaves us right where we are, right? um, you know, to be faithful, to do um, whatever it is he's called you to do and be obedient. And I really believe that these stories will be an encouragement to you. And so, and also the cover is so pretty. pretty. Like I, when I saw it the first time I was 
was like, oh my gosh, like I love that. It, like it would make you want to read it just from the it cover. really would yeah. absolutely. And so we'll make sure that in today's show notes, you guys can see mm-hmm. um, the pretty cover of the book. Yes. We'll also link to Strong, which is the boys' version um, that's releasing soon, and um, and just make sure that you know how to connect with Catherine on social media and on our website yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but thank you again for being here today. Yeah, thank and you guys. Thanks for the way that you're serving the body too with this yeah. resource. We love getting to do yeah, it. It's, it's a, fun. It's a blast. Yeah. So um, thanks for listening today and we will see y'all next time on the Mark Podcast. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C and at ED Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.